Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. I am in Milwaukee today recording with my good friend, Linda Buxa. Hello, Linda. Hey, Amber. Thanks for having me. You bet. I'm happy to have you here. Our podcast today is titled, What a Mistake, because we are going to be talking about all the mistakes that we've made in our lives. No, we're not actually going to talk about <laughs> all the mistakes we've made in our lives. That would be That would be very depressing. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. Last week, I was walking with a friend and I said to her, I said, you know, what are your major regrets in life? And as we were walking, we realized a lot of the things that were not necessarily good choices, God had worked for good. So lessons had been learned and there were still blessings that came out of them. So then we were like, well, we wouldn't not do that because if we didn't do that, we wouldn't have gotten this. Exactly. You know? I talk about that because my daughter just chose to go to college about a nine to ten hour drive away from us. And I, to be honest, am a little jealous of her. I was like, I did not have the courage to do that. And I think part of it was I was afraid I was going to miss out on whatever might happen back home. And so I went to school like 12 minutes away from home And I regret not having an adventure and not seeing those four years as a time that I could go anywhere and do anything. But at the school I chose, I met a friend and that friend introduced, you know, this guy to me. And now I'm married and have three beautiful kids. And... I might add, you've had a ton of adventures. I mean, you went to Alaska. You've been in D.C. I mean, you've moved. You've seen. So, yeah, you didn't have the adventure of going away to college, but you've had so many adventures because you didn't go away to college and you met the guy. Correct. So that's exactly the the thing is that these regrets that we have, um, so often they become significant blessings because God's doing Romans 8, 28 and turning our bad, even our bad choices or our lack of courage or whatever into good. And sometimes I think we have to be careful of the way we talk to ourselves. Like it wasn't a bad choice to go away to college. There's two choices. And in fact, knowing your husband's occupation, it may have been a financially great decision to stay closer to home versus going out. Right. And that's an important thing, too. Yep. And and I try and tell my kids that, too. Like, if you have two choices in front of you, sometimes there's not a right or wrong. 
Sometimes there's just a different. And God promises to bless you. I mean, not if you make really idiotic decisions. But I'm just talking about normal decision-making in the course of a day. That you pray about it and you make the best decision at the time with the information you have. Right. My husband and I, we were just talking about that about six years ago. We moved from California to Wisconsin. And because of his military background, after every flight, they would do a debriefing. What went right? What went wrong? What's the checklist? You know, is there anything we need to do differently? And I joke that he often debriefs our decisions. (laughs) So we were doing a debrief of what would we have done differently and we see how there are different choices we might have made. Where did we live? What did we, you know, ultimately end up doing? But yet we see how God has blessed the choice we made in prayer at the time. Even though there was hard that we had to work through, we still love where we live. We love where our kids go to school. So you want to hear one of my biggest regrets in life? Yes. <laughs> I was dying for you to ask. Um, So one of my biggest regrets is actually from the time that I was about 19 until 28. And I had, at age 18, read my Bible front to back and really gotten a huge, clear picture of who God was. And, of course, that set me up to fall hard. And so during the nine years after that, I tried to straddle having this great relationship with God, but still be a part of the world. And so while I was reading my Bible, which was really good because I was learning and growing and continuing, I was still living the teen, young adult life that wasn't really a lot of good God-pleasing decisions. And it really took having my second child, believe it or not, for me to go, you know, I don't think I can have one leg on the Bible and one leg in the world. I think both feet have to be firmly planted on the word. And that's going to change everything. That's going to change what I watch on TV, what I listen to, the language that comes out of my mouth, what activities I do um, with my time. And so, I, I think, you know, I have definitely learned from that mistake, but if I had it to do over, I think, man, that was nine years, nine years that were not bearing any fruit, any noticeable fruit, that I was more or less going backwards or being stale and feeling okay with it versus just really embracing life as a Christian. And I think that that is a very easy place to fall into. Yes. In fact, I think it's hard not to. And in in some ways, I feel sorry for my kids. You know where this is going. That's why you're laughing. Because, of course, the mistakes that you make are, like, right in front of you. So when I see my kids and I hear the music that they drive up, you know, playing really loud. And I'm like, oh man, that language is not okay. Mom, it's just a song. It came on the radio. I'm like, man, that seeps into your heart, you know? And, and 
So, um, yeah, that's, that's one of my big regrets in life is that I really thought that I could be a dual citizen, a citizen of the world. And because of it, I said and did a lot of things that are regrets. And I can relate to that. Like that late college, I mean, early 20s, there's a lot of compromise that would happen. Show up in church on Sunday, but it wouldn't necessarily carry through. When you talked about regrets, though, one thing that I was thinking of was just some of the ways in that time frame, how I treated some of the people, whether it was roommates or things. And through the power of Facebook, I got reconnected because I had moved out of state and hadn't been in touch with anybody for years and years and years. And all of a sudden you start finding high school and college friends and you're reconnecting and you're catching up. And at that time, I did a lot of the private message going, I am mortified by my behavior and I am so sorry I treated you that way. I, you know, didn't care for you the way I should have. I said things. And what was amazing to me was how many people go, I do not remember that at all. And they're like, I've been embarrassed thinking that I need to apologize to you. And I realized there's so much where I was so focused on me and what I had done. I didn't even remember the stuff they had done. Yeah. And that really gets into um, how important it is for us not to let regrets um, paralyze us Mm -hmm. and to not to remember that those decisions and those compromises that we made are covered by Jesus blood and that you don't live there. You know, sure, if you could go back, you could do things differently, but that's that's not where we live. I love the passage that says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And I always think of, and I don't know why, but I think of Creature from Harry Potter and where he was like running around the house and he was negative and he was always poking and angry and everything. And I always think of taking Creature as my weird thoughts and throwing him in jail. And it's like, you don't get to have power in my head. And I am going to reclaim that because it's so easy to perseverate and just let those thoughts stew and simmer and regret. And it's like, wait a minute. Not only has Jesus taken away our sin, he's taken away our guilt. Right. And the shame. And that's not where you live. Yep. And... A friend of mine, we used to have a home group Bible study, and he would talk about putting all your sins and all your guilt and all your shame in a backpack and leaving it at the cross. And I was like, yes, if you picture yourself doing that, the only temptation I find is that sometimes I'm like, I'll take that backpack back. I'd rather wear that around for a little while. Yeah, yeah, those thoughts late at night. Yeah, I got to still carry that. Um were you in the era, I know in our generation, it wasn't talked about as much because we're one year apart in age. We were the kind of big wedding eras. So there was a lot of planning that went into weddings and it was a big deal. And we didn't necessarily plan so much for the marriage as we did for the weddings. Do you relate to that at all? Or were you more um, looking ahead to what your life would look like as as uh, a couple once you were married? Well, n- I, nobody really wanted-
wanted to date me in high school and college. <laughs> um, so it took me till I was almost 28 to find someone willing to marry me. Um, so the good news is by then, right? I prepped for the marriage and this poor guy, and I don't think he'll listen to this, so I'll say it, but he was in Alaska and I was in Milwaukee and we dated long distance the whole time. And I went up to visit him once and I gave him a book called Before the Ring. And he panicked because he's like, she thinks I'm going to marry her. But I was like, don't waste my time. We're going to work through these questions and we're going to see if we're compatible. And he emailed me his answers and I emailed him mine. You're like, I'm 28, dude. I do not have time for this if you're messing around. I said, do not waste my time. And he was 33 and I said, I don't want to waste yours. So... I I see that as a blessing from God because I probably would have made a really bad decision in my early 20s if anybody had even been remotely attracted to me. Um, and so God made me wait. Well, by God's grace, I got a good good man out of the deal. But I was 22 when I got married. And we were very, I shouldn't say we, I was very focused on the wedding. I mean, right down to the guys wore gloves. And I mean, I had candles down the aisle. I mean, everything. I mean, the whole everything was planned just so. But I specifically remember the week after we were married, first of all, we moved into an old house that needed, I mean, it had like old green shag carpet and I mean, every room needed to be remodeled. Second of all, my husband started nursing school the Monday after we got married. There was no honeymoon. Third, we had no money to buy a bed, so we were on sleeping bags on the living room floor. And fourth, the Friday after we got married, which would have been our honeymoon week, my husband says to me, you don't mind if I go out with the guys, right? And I was like, huh, I don't think I thought this through. Like, somehow I thought when we got married, you would want to spend every waking moment with me and only me. And so I think I didn't um, put as much time into planning for the marriage Mm -hmm. as I could have. And part of that, like you said, is just youth, you know, youth and maybe not even having, um, you know, all my friends were getting married at the same time. We were all just just out of college. Mm -hmm. You know, you got the ring the second you you graduated from college. And then so um, I wish I would have put more forethought into really planning for this marriage. What is this going to look like? And and what should I be doing as a godly wife? And what, you know, so we made it 23 <laughs> years now. So it's all good. We're not going to, that's not a huge regret, but I will say that I um, had used a lot of biblical disclaimers. So, you know, it says that women should respect their husbands and I would do the old, well, I'll respect you when you earn my respect. But the Bible doesn't give you that freedom. But I was so young and I didn't necessarily have the role models. So we waded through some very deep, tumultuous first years before we got to the even keel. Yeah. And I think that is one that if you can give advice that people might listen to, that is a great one. Um, I love that there are some churches that connect young couples to an older couple to mentor right? and just say, hey, there's so much you don't know. And one thing I think is five days after Greg and I got married, I moved to Alaska. So I just said goodbye to everything. And 
sometimes people would say, well, you knew what you were getting into because you were joining the military. No one ever knows what you're getting into. Even if you think you know what you're getting into, you may have a chronic illness. You may have a sick child. You may struggle you with may infertility. That's right. You may find out you can't have children, and that can be devastating for some people. Some people can, oh, you know, that's all right. I guess that's not good. But it can be, I agree. You don't know what you're getting into when you get married. You're promising to stay together. Yeah whatever comes your way you don't know if there's a car accident coming around the bend or you know all these things that i think if some of it has to be life lessons you know you are not going to learn everything from watching others but if you can have someone wise to guide you in how you react to those challenges that are inevitably going to come um, I wrote about this once that my least favorite promise of Jesus is that in this world you will have trouble. And Amen. He said it, and it happens. And so we know trouble's going to come. How are you equipped for it? How do you deal with it? And if you can have somebody to mentor you, and this isn't even for only married people. It's for my friends who are still single. You know, and I shouldn't say still. My friends who are single whether they chose to or not, everybody needs a Christian support group. Just for getting through life, really. I mean, honestly, just for getting through life. And to help you remember that whatever regrets you have, how the Lord has used them to the Bible passage, the comfort we have received from God, we pass on. You know, when you are struggling with a marriage, you now know that and you can help out other people. When you see someone who might be veering off the path, you can say, I've been there and I would like to help you avoid some of the regret. Absolutely. I think that's so important to be available to people. And it's it's different than throwing the pearls to the swine. You don't have to put it out there for everybody like I just did in a podcast, but you can go alongside people and say, like you said, you know, I've been here and I made some mistakes and I would love to show you how to avoid these mistakes. And then what they do with that, they do with that. You know, you can't force change. Jesus never forced anybody to change, but you can certainly guide and direct. I have a couple quotes. Um, Eleanor Roosevelt said, learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all yourself, which is what we were just saying. If you can, learn from others' mistakes. Um, John Powell said, when I asked a friend about regrets, the only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing. So you know, that's the regret, is if you actually make a mistake and don't learn from it. You always think you're right and make the same mistake over and over and over. That's the problem. And then an anonymous um, quote that says, don't carry your mistakes around with you, which we mentioned. Instead, place them under your feet and use them as stepping stones. So we don't have to live with our regrets. We can use them to grow and learn and change and even change our course. You know, once we realize it's a mistake, don't hang on to it. Use it to learn from it. Absolutely. Very good. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. 
If you appreciated this message, please remember to like it and share it and subscribe to this podcast. Also remember that Time of Grace is listener supported. So please remember us in your prayers and with your financial contributions.